We are here, Senior Bowl Week, Mobile, Alabama, live from the Airbnb, the East. The Beast in the East is what we're going to call our Airbnb, the Beast in the East. I'm joined by Stoney Keeley. You can follow him on X at Stoney Keeley. And then, of course, the Sobros Network, stackingtheinbox.com, where you can read everything. What you guys got coming up at Sobros Network this week? Well, let's see. We do have uh, Brandon Vick's best films of 2020. I like it. I'm hoping it doesn't cause as much controversy controversy as mine did last week, but uh, something tells me it won't. Um, we've got a bunch of other stuff that I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, there you go. We got all, so much stuff that. he can't fucking remember, and that's what you want from a website like SoberosNetworks.com is that they got everything that you could ever ask for. They got it all in one place, whether you are wanting to t- look at sports, food, movies, you know, some erotic fiction. Some right. erotic fiction. There you go. It's a it. poetry. I mean, everything is there over at SoBrosNetwork.com. StackingTheInbox.com. You got an email this morning, uh, and you got emails all last week from Stoney. We have some big news that we are going to uh, share with you guys later. But tonight, it's all about the Senior Bowl preview, and we could not be here live from Mobile if it was not for Lions Ford in Lewisburg, Tennessee, family-owned, family-operated, they will go to the ends of the earth to make sure that they get the car for you. And how do I know that? Because my dad owns the dealership. How about that? So it, you You're tell them that you heard, you go down there. Next time you need a car used or pre-owned, that's the proper term, pre-owned. Yeah, how dare you? Ford, does not matter. They will get the car for you. Lions Ford, Lewisburg, Tennessee. They'll deliver it to you. If you're in Nashville, you don't even have to go down to the dealership. They'll do everything over the phone, everything over the internet, whatever you may need. They will get done. They also do pickup and delivery for uh, the local area and make sure that you have a car to drive for your cars over in the shop. Lions Ford, Lewisburg, Tennessee. That's how we got down here today. It is. was a Ford Bronco, actually, from mm-hmm. Lions Ford. Uh, then, of course, our normal sponsors, the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. Nobody will treat your house better than BuildKG.com. Remodeling, repairs, whatever you may need buildkg.com guess what they are locally owned and operated too there is a theme with all of our sponsors here but buildkg.com where you want to go they only use the highest quality materials the highest quality people they will get treat you right call them today it will cost you nothing to call them today and then of course sinkers beverages uh where we have provisions we got provisions for this week from sinkers beverages and I also split time with Bluegrass Beverages to make sure that they are all represented here in Mobile, Alabama. Sinkers Beverages is a multi-award winning, uh, multi-award winning yeah. liquor store. There we go. Yeah. And they're all New Eats, both Bluegrass Beverages and Sink- Sinkers Beverages. And you know why they're all New Eats? You know what you, they will do for you? Do, wait, am I supposed to say the line? You're going to have to is because that... I'm doing the rest. Okay. What can they do for? Wait, no. You're, they'll you're, drive so you can drink okay there you go uber eats we'll know, get it we'll get it right know. next time i thought you were throwing it to me and i was gonna <laughs> say the line but then yeah. i was like wait what you just said did not make sense for me to respond oh you didn't well what they'll do for you they'll drive so they could drink but 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 you're asking me if i know oh oh well, okay gotcha so well we are we are there seekers beverages we're here in mobile a lot to get to so let's stop start at the top let's get the titan stuff out of the way because yes. the bulk of our conversation is going to be about the prospects and everything but we have some staff updates stoney Mm -hmm. and i want to get your thoughts because we've talked a lot on our way down uh we we had some spicy conversations we should have recorded 
We did. We talked about the legitimacy of the claims of Derrick Henry being a leader. We yeah. talked about the legitimacy of the complaint of the um, testing complaints the first time. Anyway, the legitimacy of the statements that um, Mike Vrabel is a shoe in to get a coach next coaching cycle. I think we pinned it down to what? Maybe, three. Maybe three. Maybe three openings names. make sense for Mike Vrabel next year. Yeah. So so that's something that we'll talk about on a, on football and other F-words uh, this, this Wednesday, those two things in particular, because we want to get some insight from the people. But, you know, there's a little bit of some claims that we think that are a little peculiar. But mm-hmm. one person that we really enjoyed, and, and because we're at Senior Bowl, I want to give a shout out to our boy, Chucky Lund, Charles London, who is no longer with the Tennessee Titans. He has been um, free, uh, free to eliminate. Uh, well, yeah, I don't I think he's still alive. Oh. Uh, he's been free to um, search for other opportunities. He's been relieved of his duties. Yes, he's a uh, good luck. He was good luck in your future endeavors. Um, but we like. OK. Uh, we like the fact that um, we loved the idea of Charles London yes. being here on staff because at some point you have to take into consideration Will Levis. But what are your overall thoughts on Charles London not being here to help transition Will Levis? I I think it's a statement that I don't think Brian Callahan is necessarily worried about a bridge between. Will Levis's 2023 season and what they're trying to build moving forward. I think London was probably the most likely candidate from this coaching staff to stay and remain as the bridge. And the fact that they just let him go, um, kind of, I mean, really, he and Tim Kelly and Stretch like the first dominoes to fall for us to get official word that they're not going to be back. I mean, Ultimately, looks like Shane Bowen's going to be gone too. He's interviewing for defensive coordinator jobs elsewhere. But for me, you know, I like Charles London, and I I think it's not just his experience with Will Levis, but it's his experience in general. He comes from a diverse background, few different systems, capable coach. I, I would have liked to have seen him stay and and continue to carve out a role with this team with Will Levis for the future. But I think. This is Brian Callahan kind of saying, no, we're good. We don't we don't need a bridge. Yeah, I look at it this way. Unless they keep Jason Hotailing. Maybe Jason Hotailing's I, the bridge. I, you know, here's the thing. We we put it like this. The Titans aren't needing to to really bridge any gaps. Yeah. They're they're building a whole new bridge. Sure. And while I think Charles London is a uh, future offensive coordinator in this league. Mm-hmm. He is. He showed us that last time we were at the Senior Bowl. We walked away very impressed with his leadership on the field, the way that he directed all these young players and everything. And while I think he's a great quarterback coach for Will Levis, I think he, everybody can't get a statement about Will Levis without mentioning Charles London. That's a good sign. I don't think Charles London is irreplaceable. Yeah. And when you're building a new bridge and you're building a new communication – and if Charles London, listen, for all we know, Charles London could have gone in there and he could have said, screw you guys. I don't want to work here. I don't yeah. want to work for no white pasty boy like you, Brian Callen, you nerd. Yeah, this we sucks. don't know what he said. You guys are too nice. Yeah. I need some <laughs> assholes around here. But I mean, at the end of the day, we know that Brian Callahan's Rolodex is very thick. It's like three C's thick. Thick. 
And so when you, we that was one of the big pros of hiring Brian Callahan was how deep his uh, connections went. And as much as I appreciate what Charles London has done, as much as I appreciate what Charles London will be, you got to bring in the guys that can be loyal to you that you could trust to carry out your message when you're not around. Yeah. Is there any part of this decision that makes you a little excited? Like, oh, oh man, if, if Charles totally London wasn't good enough to keep around, what does Brian Callahan have in mind for this staff? I think that's the the whole thing. That's how this needs to be viewed is what can Brian Callahan bring yeah. to the staff, and you should be excited for that. There's no reason sure. not to be excited about it. And listen, the same thing could be said for uh, Terrell Williams, who's down here, Chris Harris. They're all respectable, good coaches. Mm -hmm. But again, they are, they're building a new bridge, and they're not here to mend bridges. That's kind of where our Derrick Henry kind of situation lies, too. But speaking of that, and speaking of bringing in people that you can trust, people that know you, that can carry out your message, that can speak for you when you're not in the room, like Brian Callahan did for Zach Taylor. Mm -hmm. Here comes Nick Holtz, first name out of the gate, passing game coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars, has deep ties to the Callahan family. Him and Brian went to high school together. He worked under Bill. He's worked with Brian. He's it's the buddy system hey, cranked up to a thousand. Listen, super hot coaching name for the past decade. Yeah. Apparently the hottest name of the last few years, yeah. according to Peter Schrager, who definitely did not have a agent write that for him. Right. No, of uh, course not. That never happens <laughs> in football. But people are upset. Yeah. Uh of course they go, Well, you can't hire your buddy. Oh, what has he done? And hiring your buddy never works. Yeah. Okay, well, it worked for Brian Callahan, right? Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan mate, met on the beaches in spring break 2005 and never have looked back. And oh. 14 years later. To be a pebble of yeah. sand on that beach. Yeah. 14 years later, happen. Brian Callahan, with no prior offensive coordinator experience, gets the job to yeah. be offensive coordinator. And he doesn't call plays. And five years later, he's the Tennessee Titans head coach. Nick Holes. Holes or Holtz? We don't know. I like Holes. Yeah. No old Nick Holes. Nick Holes. Um, Sounds like a dirty nickname. Yeah, Nick Holes. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Art Smith. Like, okay, he comes in with less okay. play calling, right? He's like yeah. Art Smith with no offensive play calling. Mm -hmm. I think that's all right, right? Like, if he was hired, you know, I my concern is not that Brian Callahan's dipping into the buddy system to to hire his coaches. I mean, that's I mean that's the norm in the NFL. Yeah. I'm more concerned that Brian Callahan is looking at the Jags passing game and being like, hmm, that's what we need to get some of here. Well, see, that is that is a big thing to be concerned about because I was thinking about and we didn't I didn't talk about this because I wanted to save it for the podcast. Uh Oh, being blindsided with topics now. But, you know, I go back to him being passing game coordinator. Yes. And if you remember, I think it was around the London, the London game uh, against not the Bills. Yes, the Bills. So it's the London game okay. against the Bills, if I'm not mistaken. And everybody's ragging on Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And they're saying that the, he's not on the same page with Trevor Lawrence. There seems to be communication issues all across the passing offense and all this stuff. Well, if that's all true. Yeah. If Calvin Ridley doesn't know what to do, if Trevor Lawrence is not on the same page with his wide receivers, that seems like the passing game coordinator's job. One would think, yeah. 
So my concern, I am with you, is with that, is that he is not good at either communication. But, again, the Jacksonville Jaguars did clean house with yeah. a bunch of their offensive staff, and he stood stood there. He, he, he withstood the firing storm. Okay. So Doug Peterson doesn't think he's to blame. Fair enough. Do you trust Doug Peterson's assessment then? I... I am generally higher on Doug Peterson than I think you are. Yeah, I think I, he stinks. I don't think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, but I think you can you can obviously win a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. The Philadelphia Eagles did. But I think with his expertise on the offensive side of the ball, yes, I think that does carry a little bit of weight. Okay, so if that's the case, I also want to propose this. All right. Isn't there the possibility that this is a Charles London kind of move. Okay, so here's what I want to tell you. Charles London, if you remember, came in and interviewed for the offensive coordinator position with the Tennessee Titans. Yes. Didn't get hired, got hired as, as passing game coordinator and quarterback coach. Yeah. He comes in and interviews for offensive coordinator, but he may get hired as quarterback coach, passing games coordinator. Where do you fall on that? Do you think that's the better avenue? Do you have a preference because he's not calling place, whoever the offensive coordinator is? Yeah, and we talked about that a little bit with um, another name in this coaching search on the way down. And I think, yeah, because I, you know, I think, I don't know. To me, it's it's a bit of an unknown what exactly um, the offensive coordinator is going to be responsible for. When you call somebody a passing game coordinator, it's it doesn't it sounds like a more specialized role. It sounds like the person is maybe not as responsible for as much as the offensive coordinator is. And therefore I, I think it is safer to take a guy that comes from comes from a place where he was tasked with coordinating this passing game and I don't think the passing game was as good as it was expected to be. Yes. So the results don't necessarily to me that's But like, is Trevor Lawrence holding him back? It could be. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you on Trevor Lawrence. I you know, I don't think he's anything special. People yeah. were calling him like a top 5 quarterback. I don't even know if he's top 10 right now. Um so that's kind of what I'm getting at like the results would say he's not he's probably not going to be ready prime to be an offensive coordinator in the true sense of the word, which for most teams we have to keep in mind does mean calling the plays. And, yeah. and that's not going to be uh, the responsibility for whoever the offensive coordinator is here. So, you know, the results say uh, this is a little iffy, but you go into it as Brian Callahan, you're, you're ironing those things out, right? I mean, can, do they do that in the interview? Do they just, is it be like what's what's the deal with Trevor Lawrence? Like, does he really suck or or what? Yeah, so. I, I think they do. Uh, I think they do pick their brain. I mean, we know that that's why Mike Vrabel tried to get Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy in here was to pick yeah. their brain about yeah. the Kansas City offense. So I'm I'm kind of iffy to answer your question. I don't think he has the results to back up. Like, oh, this is a hot name that should be in offensive coordinator uh, searches right now. But I also think there probably is room for a conversation to figure out hey what exactly didn't work and you know what just ask him was it your fault yeah <laughs> okay so uh the other name that has been requested to be interviewed is eric studisville uh studsville so we, we could call him dudasville yeah uh or studville 
We got both. Those are the only two Either acceptable one. names. But Either Studisville, yeah. you know, maybe Dudisville is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. But he has been... Um, He's been linked to the job, and of course, uh, uh, it was a fairly obvious um, connection to make. He has multi. He's spent twenty ten to twenty fifteen on the staff with Brian Callahan with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, um, this he he is in charge of the run game, and um, he has done some tremendous work with not tremendous talent what? and and. He's, you know, the Broncos were top 10 or top 12 in EPA per play and success rate. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins were one of the best running teams over the last two years. Yeah. I he, don't know where that narrative came that like the Dolphins couldn't run the ball. Yeah. I think that came from people still think Miles Gaskin is there and Ryan's, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick was his yeah. leading rusher in 2017, by the way. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the quarterback, was his leading rusher, by the way. <laughs> so there were, he survived. What I liked about him is that he survived multiple coaches came in and said, you provide value to this team. Yeah. And he's yeah. learned now, again, kind of like Brian Callahan, the McVay-Shanahan tree and also the Shanahan-Gase-Kubiak tree. And he mm-hmm. can bring all that together, kind of like Brian Callahan. And there's like a connection between the two as far as they could pull from multiple different formations, multiple different philosophies. So I really like Eric Studisville. I'm with you. Uh, I think there, there's obviously got to be one more. They, uh, this is a lot like the, for those that don't know, coordinator positions and quarterback coach do follow a Rooney rule. So the, it is like the head coach for the coordinators. You have to do two min- external minority interviews in person. And then on the flip side, for quarterback coach, you have to do one external minority interview okay. in person educating so, the people so studisville if he were to come in obviously uh has done it now they've zoom interviewed denard wilson but that doesn't count okay. so he still has to come in person and we'll talk about denard wilson but thoughts on eric studisville uh he has to what in person i'm sorry interview oh, okay i thought you said something else there for a second uh studsville i you had me at miami run game coordinator because if you watch that offense, and I know Mike McDaniel's calling the plays, obviously, they do have some talent, a lot of speed in the backfield, but the way they run the football is really creative. And you hit the nail on the head too, bringing up the uh, the Broncos run. I was going to ask, did you say he was the run game coordinator mm-hmm. for the Broncos? The running well? back coach for the Broncos. Running back coach, yeah. So experience there um a a myriad of experience to me in successful offenses that um probably aren't known for their running backs at the time like we talked about this narrative that's out there that the dolphins like aren't a running team or whatever even though devon hn and uh raheem mostert are two of the best running backs and they were they were the best running back tandem yeah but they also on a per snap per touch basis were two of the best running backs in the nfl so i mean of the names that that we've discussed that we know of so far i i like it i kind of like the idea and and again like we mentioned with nick holes um maybe not necessarily for the offensive coordinator position, but this is probably a dude that Brian Callahan wants on his staff somewhere and could, could make some things happen. Uh, the last uh, coordinator that we'll talk about is Denard Wilson. Yeah. And uh, there was a guy and his name escapes me now uh, that rode for the athletic that kind of broke the news that he was interviewing for the giants defensive coordinator position. And he said, this would be, 
e- an easy transition for them if they hired him because he knows the Wink Martindale system. Incorrect. He knows the Mike McDonald system, which is totally different than the yeah. Wink Martindale system. Yeah. And we talked about the value of not bringing in an older vet. I yeah. don't think an older vet is the way to go because first off, your older, your good older vets, they're all taken. Yeah. Steve, I mean, I, Steve Spags ain't coming through that door. No, no, no. So to me, I'm thinking I want as close to Mike McDonald, Brandon Staley as I can get to creative defensive coordinators. Yeah. And to me, I'm thinking, okay, I think they need to, I know they got to do one more interview mm-hmm. in person mm-hmm. and then they got to bring him in there for an interview, but you got to start moving a little bit quicker than what they were. Brian Allen spent way too much time on radio stations, less talky talky, more worky worky. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, two two items on him: the creativity of Mike McDonald's system, um, and how it isn't like. Well, first of all, I am a sucker for Wink Martindale. I kind of love and appreciate and respect Wink Martindale's philosophy of just. Well, you guys dress alike. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> just blitz the shit out of everybody, no matter what the opponent is. We're just going to blitz the shit out of everybody and play man, whether we've got the corners to play man or not. I respect, I respect that personally. Uh, but Mike McDonald, what they, what they've done in Baltimore this week or this season Mixing things up on a week to week basis based on the opponent is some some really, really good defensive game planning and design. And also um, the group that he's responsible for, the defensive backs have played particularly well now. Mm. I mean, even at the game on Sunday, you wouldn't really say that uh, outside of like the one big you know, explosive play. Yeah. That they did their job, right? I mean, they, they, I think limited them to like six points or three points for the final. I think it was three points for the final nine drives. Yeah. I mean, they did their job on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lamar Jackson did not. He did not. But Kyle, look at Kyle Hamilton's development. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know who Kyle Hamilton is on this Titans roster. I don't know if there's Monty hooker, I guess a Kyle Hamilton in the draft or free agency. And having the horses certainly helps, but I would also say, look at the narrative on Kyle Hamilton before this season and how yeah. some folks were ready to to give up on him and say he wasn't worth being drafted as high as he was. I remember that year that he came out, I had him as the number one overall ranked player in that draft class. And I, you could I argue that he, out of that draft class, he probably still is the number one ranked player. I, I, I loved his uh, tape, his potential, um, his, his kind of trajectory as a bit of a tweener which is what you saw Baltimore do with them this season is just kind of put him all over the place so I don't yeah. know you know having a piece like that um, successfully acclimate to your defense is a testament to your coaching but at the same time I think it's fair to say well you're not going to have those horses if you come to Tennessee but also think about the horses they had elsewhere right I mean it was mm-hmm. author mallet it was uh, yeah. um, Ronald Darby mm-hmm. And because I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Marlon Humphrey pl- ended up playing, did he? I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember hearing his name, but I mean, yeah. th- th- he was kind of getting it done with lesser people. Yeah. And it's all about. I for them, it's all about the scheme. Scheme number one, and then mm-hmm. the players number two. Yeah. And and I think that right now, if you're looking to duplicate Mike McDonald, you got to get. Denard Wilson. I would say the other guy would be Anthony Weaver, but I would think Denard Wilson is the number one guy to get right now. Yeah, I I would say so as well. Hey, 
You know why we're down here? Because we're down here to talk Senior Bowl. They drive so you can drink. There you go. And you know how they got down here? How we got down here, not they. How we got down here? Lions Ford. Lions Ford. Lewisburg, Tennessee. Make sure you go down there. And, of course, we have beverages from Sinker's Beverages in East Nashville. And, of course, this house was not built, but it may be. They'll call buildkg.com to make some improvements on this house. Maybe. But it's a really nice house. The beast in the east. We're going to leave them a note. We're going to leave them a note. on the east. Okay. Let's talk about some senior bowl prospects. And here's where I'm at on this. I had a list prepared of players I wanted to talk about. And you know what happened? Well, a lot of these players did not end up fucking showing up. Well, Troy (laughs) Fontenew found out they were measuring arms here and was like, fuck, no, I can't. I can't go down there. So we're kind of going to go in a different direction. Okay. We, we, we've been looking, well, a different direction while I planned out, but same direction what you've been thinking anyway. Oh, okay. uh, all right. I want to talk about some players that we're going to be watching, you know, excited to watch, but also be watching that maybe their measurements kind of changed our mind about them because the measurements were oh, all over the place because you oh, got, boy. you got Jordan Morgan. I, who rest I in thought, peace. I, yeah, rest in peace. The hype train for Jordan Morgan is It's over. done. He is a we, guard. We, we Don't even off. try to have your philosophical discussions if no, the no, length no. matters. No. It Here's what you need to know. It matters for Brian Callahan, so it matters to us. There you go. Say That's no more. I, I, was, I really liked Jordan Morgan's game. Yep. I thought he had a really clean game. I loved uh, his tape against Leatu Latu. Uh, in the UCLA game, I thought was awesome, awesome stuff. I think he won that matchup pretty decisively. If you go back and watch it, he was a guy that I thought could be in play for the Titans if the Titans elected to go receiver with a Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze um, at seventh overall. They could still get a guy like Jordan Morgan who could come in and start at left tackle. And I don't think that's the case anymore because the arms are just – I don't have the exact measurements in front of me. It was 32 and some change. Yeah, so it's it's below the threshold. You like that. I, I think 34 is like ideal, but you can kind of work with 33 and a half a little bit. But when you get down to 32, um, it's just it's over, Zach. It's it's over. The Jordan Morgan hype train has died. We're off the rails. <laughs> it, it felt like it didn't really leave the station uh, long enough. So here's where we're at here. Let's let's. I'm gonna take take a different direction than what I even a more different direction. I've taken another turn. Okay. Right. The Tennessee Titans draft a wide receiver in round one. Okay. Give the people some options based on these measurements. Now that we have some measurements, some people that you are going to be watching as if the Titans go wide receiver round one, where can they get a tackle? So we're talking specifically left tackle. Left tackle, right, right tackle. Hey, yeah, listen, Titans I, need both. You know, I don't know that there's going to be a uh, a right tackle. It was interesting to to see Talisi Fuaga's numbers come back, and he's kind of right on that fringe when it comes to arm length. Where I think um, I think I've I've read some people that have slotted him inside to guard as well. I don't think he's going to be there in the second round, but this is kind of something where. You know, you see the arm length, maybe the first domino to fall if he doesn't have a good week, a good process here. Maybe he could be one of the names that slide down there. Um, I don't know that he really fits what Brian Callahan wants to do. I know the Titans last season kind of made a shift in philosophy to get more uh, pass protection specialists along the offensive line. 
Brian Callahan hasn't outright said he's going to continue that, but he has talked about the importance of pass protection. And so I kind of I kind of lean towards Talisi Fuaga is not going to be his type of tackle. I'm looking on the left side of the line, and for me, it's it's Patrick Paul. When you see these measurements come back, we were joking about it in the car My on, the Lord. Way, on the way over here. This is like tell the this people. Is, this get is the, get them all hot and bothered. This is think about mutant. this is this is a man, a mutant ogre of a man. And I don't even have Patrick Paul. I got right me. here. Uh, you go for He's it. He's six foot seven. Yeah, three hundred and thirty three pounds. He's got thirty six point two eight inch arms yeah he has oh my gosh uh nine and three eighths hands okay yeah. but an 82.38 wingspan wait wait a minute did I read the wrong one 86.68 i was about to say the wingspan 86.68 the arm length came out and i was like okay you can you can look at patrick paul and tell this is a gargantuan man like long-limbed uh, he's got the ideal length well i would say like above average length for for what like okay let's say the titans sign or bring in bill callahan yeah they draft malik neighbors seven overall yeah and he goes they say look at this guy look at this picture dad 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 (laughs) look at this picture yeah and he looks at him and he goes i can do something with him yeah son i'll do it i I, do you think they call them dad and son is a father you think he's a father, a dad, or a daddy, or a papa? You can get a papa in there. I would say papa. Oh, papa cow? Papa cow. Papa C. Yeah. I, I think Patrick Paul is very much in play. He's a guy that I haven't watched a lot of tape on. I've watched a couple of his games. To be honest, I think the tape leaves a little to be desired. He's a, a pretty polished pass protector, and that may work in his favor here with yep. the Titans. But I think he's he's got a little work to do to be a, a more well-rounded tackle. And I felt like there were times that to have this frame that he has, the the length that he has, uh, 333 pounds, if I'm not mistaken, I kind of wanted to see him put dudes in the dirt a little bit more. But I'm eager to see him this week to see how he performs in the one-on-ones going up this. And what he's coached to do in the one-on-ones. Yeah, these defensive lines. And I'm eager to see like how he how he responds to the coaching because that was my big thing with Jalen Duncan last year was this is a really raw prospect. And and Paul is is better than Duncan. I don't want people to get that thought in their in their hands. Excuse me, their heads. And I, but I was watching Duncan get the one-on-one coaching in between reps and seeing him apply that and get better throughout the week. And that's why I ultimately arrived at the conclusion that, Hey, if Jalen Duncan can continue on this trajectory of showing that he's coachable, it's going to benefit him in the end. And I think Patrick Paul is a guy that is uh, at a different level from Duncan, but it's the same type of a guy, a guy that can really improve his stock this week. Exactly. Yeah. I, I would say I would be. We've shifted gears. We've jumped off the Jordan Morgan hype train. We're going the PP Express. We're just going to hop on Patrick Paul. The PP Express. The PP. The PP Express. Uh, Christian Jones really piqued your interest, right? You talked uh, about his uh, Alabama, his film against Alabama. That was a good he game. came in. Came in at six five three eighteen, thirty four point seven inch arms. I don't like how they do these, by the way. Uh. And then he's got some massive mauling hands. He's got 10-inch hands. Looks to be uh, 
almost the biggest out of the offensive lineman. Layden Robinson gets him by a little bit, but he yeah. has an 83.3 uh, wingspan. Tell the people about some Christian Jones. I like Christian Jones. I like the link. The measurements were not too far off from what the Texas website has him listed as uh, 6'6, 321. And he came in at what did you say, 6'5, 318? Yeah. Not too far off, but you like to see that he's got the arm link there that you're looking for, the massive hands, uh, the wingspan. I watched his tape against Alabama. I wrote about it. Um, I think I wrote about it in my senior bowl preview. I can't, I can't recall my first note on Christian Jones is, Oh baby, that foot drive run blocking. Good job. Picking oh up baby. Good job. Picking up a stunt relentless with his feet. Good reps versus Chris Braswell clean pass sets against Chris Braswell. Who's also down here this week, a pretty damn good edge rusher. Dare I say an underrated edge rusher in this, in this class gets into his body and just wears him down. He's a bulldozer. Good job of closing the gap between he and the defender, initiating the contact versus Dallas Turner's speed. That's important because Dallas Turner, the name of his game is speed. And if he can get if he can get by you, he's going to get to the quarterback. But I thought Christian Jones did a really good job of closing the gap, the distance between the two, and not letting Dallas Turner get to full speed. Uh, the over-aggression can, uh, can lead to over-pursuit in space, but... I think there's a lot to like about Christian Jones as a guy on the right side of the line that you can add on probably day three from what I'm seeing. Like, and I know like these are just mock drafters and draft analysts, but you know, you put some stock into it. If they're, you know, some of these guys are connected to agents and, you know, are getting word from, from people that know kind of feel like he's a day three guy. And I get like the, the frame is a little lean on Jones um, to be, you know, as big as the measurements say, like he does kind of look like a little more uh, athletic slider right tackle. But I think he's a guy that day three, you add to the room to compete with guys like NPF, Dylan Radins, maybe even Jalen Duncan, Daniel Brunskill, the right side of the line there. I'm a big fan. Okay, some other names to keep on your radar for tackles. We got Dominic Puny, Kingsley Suomatia, and Christian Haynes. I know you got some Christian Haynes love written down there. We'll talk about them a little bit later. We need to get yeah. to some other positions because let's say that they get Joe Walt. Yeah. So where did the Titans go if they take Joe Walt? Well, I'm kind of feeling some Johnny Wilson this week. Now, some people think that he is a tight end. And listen, the, the, size. <laughs> the, size, the size is a tight end. But My we're God. talking about number 28 on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He is listed at 6'6", 237 pounds. 6'6", 237 pounds. Stupid. 35.5 inch vertical, a 10 foot 5 uh, inch uh, broad jump, 10-5, broad jump, and a 21.23 mile per hour. It is insane yeah. how fast he is. Uh, then you also have his acceleration and deceleration is off the charts for a guy that size. He should not be able to move that fast and that nimble. I, and he shows it on film. I, I would also add, I, I watched um, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman as well uh, against Clemson when I did my study on Nate Wiggins. And Nate Wiggins, I think, is the best cornerback in this draft class, by the way, if I can work that in there. He's not here this week, but good competition is what I'm establishing the baseline for when I say this. Johnny Wilson to be as big and and long as he is to get into his route and juke Nate Wiggins who I think is a pretty polished cornerback 
It's pretty impressive. Nate Wiggins wasn't biting on a lot of the foot movement, but Johnny Wilson, I, I noticed a couple of times, would just kind of flare his body, his frame out, and then break in, and he would get open on Wiggins. And I think that kind of body control, he didn't do it all the time, but I think that kind of body control for a guy with his frame is stupid impressive. Well, what did what did Brian Callahan say he wanted? He wanted a few things out of a wide receiver. Big, fast, strong. Yeah. Okay? But yeah. he also wants someone that can be relied on to make the play at the end of the game to yeah. score a touchdown. Yeah. And Johnny Wilson is one of those guys and I think that Johnny Wilson is a is going to improve his stock greatly. I'm interested to see what he does off the line of scrimmage and one-on-ones because it does benefit the wide receiver, can he take advantage of it? Yeah. Or is he going to yeah. turn into, for whatever reason, Andre Yoshevis, who just totally disappointed us and didn't use any of his athleticism last year, but he did end up going to the Bengals. Yeah. Andre Yoshevis ended up going to the Bengals and showing up in some key games. Uh, another wide receiver. I will I, say real quick, okay. Johnny Wilson has some concerning drops on his tape. Yes, yes. I'll just just throw that in there. Uh, I Another one that I want to kind of bring up is uh, Ricky Pearsall. We were talking about Tough who guy. Tough we're, guy. we were talking about who is the who is the Puka Nakua? Not really in our hype train, Puka Nakua. I know people are already asking me to find the next. Yeah, like, but who pressure. is someone Come that on. is probably the wide receiver that resembles Puka Nakua the most? Yeah, and that would be Ricky Pearsall. In terms of well, and I, and I clarified to you the thing that I saw in Puka Nakua that made him special, or at least gave him special potential to me, was just how tenacious he played the game. Like he was. He was a dog. You watch that Arkansas game from 2022, and Puka Nakua is the type that like wants to drag you down to a knife fight in the mud kind of deal. Like he's he's coming down with the ball. He just plays with that kind of mindset. And for me, that was the thing. That was the distinction. That okay, if he gets in the right spot and gets the opportunity, he's going to make the most of it because it is clear he works hard and he wants it. So that being the X factor for Puka Nakua. Um, shifting gears and looking at this class of guys that are going to be here this week, you brought up Ricky Pearsall, and I thought, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it right there because he's had some spotty quarterback play. Uh, I don't know what Billy Napier is doing on offense down there at Florida in Gainesville, but um, he hasn't had the best to work with, and it feels like every other game he is going up and just snatching the ball out of the air. So he's a name to watch this week. I'm with you. Okay, so I want to talk about Xavier Leggett or Leggett. I don't know which one it is. Yeah, with I, you. I, I, don't, I, I don't know either, but but that's okay. We'll figure that out this weekend. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina. Yeah. He comes in with some tiny hands. And there are some questions about him. And he's he's got he's smaller in almost every way but height. I, compared to A.J. Brown. Now, and that's a lot of people have said uh, A.J. Brown's the comparison. But it's more about his body control than it is about his body size and body type. But they yeah. they do share some similarities. But smaller hands, he's a guy that could be there in round two, obviously. Yeah. Where are you at right now? Like, what can Xavier do this weekend for him to change your mind about, okay, I feel really good about Joe Walt Xavier? Because I don't know if we're there. Neither of us are there yet. I'll tell you after you tell me. I'm I'm not there uh, with him just yet, and I know like the AJ Brown comparison feels inevitable. It kind of feels like every draft since 
2019, there has been an AJ Brown in each class. So there's, there's a part of me that, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's lazy, but it kind of, it's unfair to, to the kid because he plays a similar style, right? There's a lot of in breaking routes, out breaking routes where, you know, he, he times his break just right though. I will say I watched the Clemson game and Nate Wiggins did a good job of like getting into his body at the point of his break and not letting him get open. So, uh, that could be a potential concern as well. It's, there's something about him that just, he's kind of a sluggish runner and I don't know if he's a long strider. Maybe he's actually faster than he looks, but I think that's the the difference for me is that I watch AJ Brown and there are times when his cuts feel instantaneous. Like he just decides in his brain, I'm going to break this in and then he goes. And with Xavier Leggett, Leggett, whatever, I don't see that. There are times that I'm watching him run down the field and it kind of looks like he's running through quicksand. So for me to get to a point where I am stoked that he is the pick in the second round because the measurables have come back and they're less than favorable. I think he's got to go out there this week and show that against good cornerback competition, he can separate without, you know, breaking it off against zone coverage or something like that. Like go out there and win some one-on-one reps down the field. Because if you look at his stats, his game logs, Georgia held him to a pretty low yard per catch clip. Clemson held him to a pretty low yards per catch clip. So I want to see him go out there and, and, and produce a little speed in one-on-one situations. I'm, I'm with you because I think about it and it kind of reminds me of last year that the stark difference between like the top wide receivers like Jonathan Mingo, Tank Dell, sure. um, Jaden Reed, and the bottom tier receivers that didn't really have a good week because I didn't think Grant DuBose had a very good week at the Senior Bowl. I didn't think that Andre Yoshevis had a very good week at the Senior Bowl. Yoshevis was the one that came yeah. to mind for me. Yeah. So to me, it's like you have to separate yourself. Like if you, the expectation for Xavier is to be a, for a second round pick, right? Yeah. Right now, Johnny Wilson is not quite a second-round pick in most people's uh, eyes. I would say probably Roman Wilson is not a second-round pick. Jacob Cowing, Ricky Pearsall, not second-round picks. Luke McCaffrey is another one. Yeah. If those guys all perform better than Xavier, that should tell you your answer. Yeah, That you cannot go into round two thinking Xavier solves the issues that we have, especially if you're wanting to be big, fast, and strong. Yeah. Because if he's not big, fast, and strong then he does not fit what the Titans want. Does not mean that he couldn't go somewhere where it's a more favorable situation for him, a favorable system. But if the Titans are saying, big, fast, strong, look at what we drafted over at the Cincinnati Bengals. Look what we have over at at San Francisco. Right now, I have a hard time placing Xavier among those wide receivers. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like to me, I'm very interested in obviously Jacob Cowing. I've been real big on Jacob Cowing this whole time. Tightrope walker. Yeah, precision route running. That guy. Yeah. I tell you, a name that I keep seeing popped up, keep seeing proposed. Saw him in the national championship game. Saw him against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Roman Wilson. Yeah, man. He he seems like a gamer. That national championship, um, the clutch moments of the game, he climbed the ladder to snag the ball out of the sky. 
it was announced, I think, the next day or the day or two after that game that he would be at the Senior Bowl. And I immediately perked up because this is a guy that probably a day three pick at this point. And uh, I think he's going to be exciting to watch work his craft. He's small. He is small. There's a lot of small wide receivers yeah. here this year. Too. We've noticed that in a lot of uh, cornerbacks with carny hands. Yeah. yeah small yeah, hands yeah, yeah. smell like cabbage. Yeah. Take my strong hand. Um, but I, I found it interesting that Roman Wilson, you know, he kind of reminds me of, and this is not just because they share the last name, but a guy that really improved his stock, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson. Yeah. And I think he's more athletic. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that like if Michael you, Wilson was longer. Yeah, Michael yeah, Wilson was longer. I think he was. Yeah. Uh, I think he was a full inch. I think he was only at five eleven. Was he? I think okay. so. Uh, but he's a guy that Michael Wilson, who went up and got contested catches, went up at the catch point all week long. Yeah, and you're kind of like, yeah, man, I don't know if I really like his athleticism, but I really love how he attacks the ball. And so I'm very interested to watch some Roman Wilson this week. Uh, I I want to mention before yeah. we get out of here. I know everybody's high on Malachi Corley. A little smaller than I expected him to be. He's a tough runner. I'm excited to watch him. Um, I don't. I don't want to get into a big discussion about him because I feel like people have been talking about Malachi Corley for weeks now. He's just Taewon Taylor. So I. I, I want to throw Javon Baker at you guys. Okay. Uh, out of UCF, this is a kid with size six one two zero eight, and uh, speed. He he is a a bit of a burner. Now I'm excited to see how it translates from the UCF offense to the competition here at the senior bowl. But I, I look at him as a guy that could be, I don't want to say tank Dell because, you know, obviously tank Dell's not six uh, one, yeah. <laughs> but from the sense, from the standpoint of speed, the name of the game showing up and surprising people at the senior bowl. I think Javon Baker could be that guy that um, shows up this week and blows everyone's wigs off. I like it. Hold on to your wigs, folks. You got to when you're around us. You got to. Okay. Um, we we have some terrible news. I, we are not sure on this, but it looks like the uh, and his name freaking escapes me, and I'm I'm very pissed at myself. Uh, Who are you thinking of? The Duke offensive lineman, Graham Barton. Graham Barton. Graham Barton. I want to call him Greth Duncan. <laughs> uh, Graham Barton. <laughs> Greth Duncan. I like it. Uh, Graham Barton does not He's look not to be here. He does not, not look to be here. We were Neither really. Is- excited about watching him because we thought that okay there's a guy that could possibly go into the center position cedric van van pran is not here as well well we shouldn't say he's not here yeah he's not on the roster he's not on the rosters which usually means he's not here something has happened so the center thing is kind of wide open so one of the things that we're going to talk about tomorrow on our pre-show is about kind of putting these offensive linemen in different buckets. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about some other offensive linemen. I want to give some love to the defense before we go. Yeah, sure. And we have a lot of linebackers here, and we kind of compared it to how we feel about the running backs, which we'll also talk this week. Um, linebackers kind of feel like there's not the guy. There's yeah. a bunch of really good guys, and it, it brings me to Logan Wilson, Dre Greenlaw, and Fred Warner, who are all later-round, mid-round picks. And Logan Wilson obviously plays for the Bengals. He was a senior bowl player. Dre Greenlaw and uh, Frank Warner were senior bowl players. It seems like you could find a really good linebacker in the senior bowl if you decide, hey, Jack Gibby's not good enough for the Tennessee Titans. If you're, if you're a coach that has common sense – you can find some linebackers. We found a lot of good linebackers that really showed out last yeah, year, showed, yeah, sure. showed out this year. Uh, 
Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace. Oh, man. Undrafted free agent who I thought for sure was going to be a Tennessee Titans in yeah. undrafted free agency. He was yeah. not. Guys, I want to put on your radar. John Trey Hunter. He is a, a coverage linebacker for Georgia State. 6'2", 229, 77-inch oh. wingspan, 31-inch arms. Really love everything that he brings to the table. He's a converted from safety, so he's really good in coverage. He's really good in the run game as well. He's one of the guys, Tyrese Knight out of UTEP. Yeah, you brought you put him on my radar. Yeah, and the uh, the measurables came through: six foot two thirty five, uh, thick stout dude. Yes, that um, he has. He's he's big. I, I think he's going to be really fun to watch. He he looks like he could be a pro wrestler. Yeah. I like him, and I talked about Peyton Wilson this morning on uh, Football and Other F, or <laughs> and his, in Stacking the Inbox. And his Stone Cold Steve Austin knee braces. Yeah, he's got some knee braces, man, but he I, is 6'4". I know, but am I the only one that thinks his tape is awesome? It, it's it's fun to watch. I don't mean this as a slight, but with the injury concern uh, or the injury history, and, and then like the way he's built, I feel like he's too lanky to play linebacker, and hold up in the NFL playing the way you've got to play. Like, yeah. I, I, I like him. I like him thick and juicy. You yeah. Know? We'll see. I mean, he's 6'4", 234. He's got a wing. And I'm very, I'm excited to watch some Cedric Gray too. I think there's I a lot of, any of him, there's but. a lot of tape out there, a lot of good positive things, but this linebacker and group will obviously be up against the running backs. So they're kind of in the middle of the field. So we'll both be able to watch him. Yeah. I, but I'm really excited. I haven't watched any of his tape, but smart people who I trust about the draft have said in a in a linebacking class that's just kind of a hodgepodge of mediocrity, like he's a guy to watch this week. Gotcha. Okay. Big meaty men. Big you, meaty you're men. on the offense side of the ball. Who are some defenders besides Tavondre Sweat, which everybody knows, right? Everybody knows yeah, yeah, Tavondre yeah. Sweat. Oh, man. Who are some defenders on the defensive line in the trenches that you're excited to see? Uh, immediately Gabe Hall comes to mind. I did not think he would be here. He was initially announced for the shrine bowl and then got the, uh, the invite. I watched him. Uh, I don't know. I might still have my notes here in my, uh, my draft notebook, but he's, he's got the length. He's six, five, 290 pounds played at Baylor right here. I watched, uh, my notes from the Texas tech game, um, length, length, all caps exclamation point is what I wrote. Um, yeah, he's a driver. Um, tad high with the pot with the pad level, uh, kind of unrefined in that regard. But Gabe Hall is a guy that I, I kind of want to see come here and and like we've talked about with a, a couple of other players, like come here, get the coaching, get the coaching, get the refinement. It's kind of I keep bringing up Jalen Duncan. Like you love Jalen Duncan. <laughs> kind of like Jalen Duncan of the defensive line. Kind of deal. I like Gabe Hall quite a bit. Anybody that you had in mind? Yeah. So I, I talked about Keith Randolph. We we both are Ooh, Keith I, Randolph I, fans. I like Keith Randolph, he had a kind yeah. of a down year this year, and I kind of talked about talked through that in StackingInbox.com. Uh, his Jerzon Newton did not end up showing up. At least uh, according to this, he's not on any of the rosters. No. And I was really hoping that there was going to be some friendly competition between the two. Uh, but we gotta go with Miles Cole, right? I we had to bring up Miles Cole. The the fucking measurements of this kid. He, you want to talk about freak numbers? Yeah. 6'5, 272, 36 inch arms, and 87 inch wingspan, which are all setting uh, records for the position in the NFL draft. Oh, man. I, I got to see 
man, I'm just thinking about it right now. If Texas Tech played Houston, can we find the tape of Miles Cole yeah. versus Patrick Paul? That could be Make some the, good stuff. That would be like they probably just get tangled up like two <laughs> inflatable two bar men that got that got you know intertwined. Yeah, that'd be like Oppenheimer shit yeah. right there. Put your, My God. put your goggles on. They're setting a bomb off. But that's a guy that I'm really excited to watch because yeah. he's just big. I to me, it's like how are you too big for the NFL? Because are you too slow? Yeah. And and can you leverage your size if you are slow? So these yeah. guys have yeah, a lot yeah. to answer for. Those are two guys on the defensive line that mentioned. Two. I'm also interested in Tyler Davis as well. Uh, to be such a bad football team in 2023, UConn has some ball players, man. Yeah, um, Jackson Mitchell at the Shrine Bowl right now. Um, Christian Haynes, right guard, is playing in the Senior Bowl this week, and then Eric Watts. You look at the measurables from the on the defensive line. 6'5", 277, 35 and 6'8", arms, and then an 84-inch wingspan. Like There there are some dudes here. This is going to be a a feast this week for for people that love offensive and defensive. ESPN is showing some of the senior bowl practices, so you'll be able to, of course, we'll be doing our own coverage all throughout the week. And we'll be paying attention. And we'll be paying attention, unlike most people at the senior bowl. Um, to, to round it off, I just want to say thank you guys for joining us. Uh, it's, we're, yeah, go ahead. If I may, two last updates. Um, Leatu Latu's arm measurement came in at 32 and a half inch. So people are going to start dissecting his short arms. I wrote about him extensively in a scouting report on stacking the inbox. I think he has some deficiencies to overcome. I think he's a guy that could improve his stock in the sense that, you know, you're not going from day three to day one, but this is a guy that Mike could go from 20s to maybe fringe top 10 with a good week here. And lastly, uh, my wife won't stop asking me for Sam Hartman updates, but uh, babe, I don't have any yet. The practices haven't started. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you your Sam Hartman updates later. Uh, I don't think, know why she's into Sam yeah, Hartman. He's, he's ugly. Like, yeah, he's not like he's the most handsome quarterback to ever no. play football. Uh, that will do it for us. We greatly appreciate you guys joining us. Stay tuned to stackingtheinbox.com for big news, but also for all your Senior Bowl information. We will be going live tomorrow from practice, more than likely. We're, we're only like two feet from practice, so I don't know if we should really break down our equipment and then take it or just do it from here and just walk over. Yeah, we, but, can, we might have to crawl back if... Yeah. if but we're going to figure it out, um, And but we'll be going live. Don't know what time. What the hell else do you want to talk I about? Just, I just came across one more note that I okay. wanted to say. I can't wait to see Joe Milton throw the ball over the Gulf of Mexico. There you go. He's probably going to hit us in the stands. Make sure you're wearing your bicycle helmets to protect yourself. <laughs> um, but Senior Bowl coverage all this week. Every morning we'll be going live. Then you'll be getting stuff at stackinginbox.com, either written up or filmed or audio from us talking about what some extra stuff that we saw from the game. Football and other F-words will be at night on Wednesday, and a football show will again be probably late afternoon because Senior well, Bowl is actually getting out early. Yeah, 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 the practices are out earlier this yeah. year. But we'll make sure to uh, keep you guys updated on when everything's happening. Uh, Senior Bowl morning coverage will be earlier because they are starting earlier. But Lions Ford is the reason that we are down here. They are our travel sponsor. We greatly appreciate everything about Lions Ford. If you are in the market for a new car, a pre-owned car, or just need a dealership you could trust with the service of your existing car, Lions Ford, Lewisburg, Tennessee, give them a call. They'll come get your car. They'll help you with whatever you need. 
Sinker's Beverages of East Nashville. Fantastic liquor store. Uh, get all your stuff from them. You know what? They're even on Uber Eats. So make sure that you get on Uber Eats for Sinker's Beverages because you know what? They drive so you can drink. There you go. You nailed it. I don't know if I'm really setting you up properly, but at least you, you're picking you did, up on you it. You did that time. Okay. We, we got there. And uh, make sure. So Sinker's Beverages, award-winning, locally owned, locally operated. They've been around forever. East Nashville, Tennessee. And, of course, buildkg.com for all your home remodeling needs. They've been our longtime sponsor here for a football show. Greatly appreciate them. Just give them a call. Does not hurt you. Does not break the bank. If you just give them a call and let them let them tell you what they can do for you, buildkg.com. Mm. Uh, Stony Keeley at Stony Keeley on X. Zach Lyons at Efforts Pod on X. Stackinginbox.com, Soberosnetwork.com. Make sure you go down there. Go to YouTube. Turn on notifications for 40 Sports because if you don't, you may miss out on some coverage. This will also be an audio format, of course, but the uh, make sure that you are tuned in because this best senior bowl coverage in titans nation is live and on the ground that's right for stoney i'm zach this has been a football show